Blog Talk Radio. Great. Welcome to episode number 145 of Thyroid Nation Radio live talk show and podcast brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotic. I'm Dana. And I'm Tiffany. And we'll be your host for today. Good morning. Yay. Good morning. Good afternoon. Right? We should <laughs> well, actually say good, good right. day. Good day. <laughs> that's way better. Um, <laughs> good day. <laughs> good day. Top of the morning to you. Uh, today, we are talking with Adrienne Klein, a certified transformational nutrition coach. And she's also known as the thyroid whisperer. And we'll be talking to her about intermittent and thyroid disease. She's this is fabulous. Really cool. She is, is really adorable cool. and wonderful, and she's an expert on thyroid refresh, and just love her to death. So we are so excited to finally have her on the show. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it is. Before we get to Adrian, please check out Thrive Probiotic. Okay, a little tongue-tied this morning. ThriveProbiotic.com, very unique, spore-based. Verified to survive gastric acid, which is super important. Gluten, dairy, sugar-free, non-GMO, all the mandatory minimums. And proven, that's a key point, to reduce endotoxins, triglycerides, and symptoms of leaky gut, which is very, very important, particularly for thyroid, particularly for us Hashimoto's and Graves thrivers out there. Mm -hmm. So please be sure to check out thriveprobiotic.com. And it looks like she is with us. So with no further ado, the fabulous, fabulous, fabulous thyroid whisperer. Good morning. Can you hear us okay? Hello, ladies. How are you this morning? I am perfect. How are you guys? Wow, your voice is lovely and clear and strong. That is wonderful. Dana, can you can you hear it? Like, yeah, I can totally hear it, yes. Yep. I'm like, Woo. great. <laughs> Well, sometimes, you know, Tiff and I have, um, for some reason, just technical difficulties follow us around. So sometimes, you know, it just doesn't go like this. But I knew it was going to be a no. great day. I saw, I saw a little butterfly um, outside just a few minutes ago, and I was like, you know what? It's going to be a great show. So I knew it was yeah. What color was it? What it was yellow. Was it? it was yellow. Oh, very cool. And it was I'm actually kind of big. Kind of big. So I was like, wow, look at that. And I just kind of watched it, you know, flitter by and, yep. Have either one of you guys ever actually seen a monarch butterfly? Oh, yes. No. The big blue Mm-mm. ones I never have. I would yes. really like to see one of those. You know what I mean? It would oh, be yes. totally symbolic at this point in my life. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the blue morpho as well, um, native to Costa Rica. Um, I believe is that bigger is the, than a monarch. I don't know. I think it might be. It's pretty huge. And we went into this, you know, uh, butterfly uh, atrium or I don't. What do they call them? Anyway, aviary. No, no, that's a bird thing. Okay, I can't remember. Anyway, and they were just <laughs> flying all around us, everywhere. And they were. Oh my god! On, are you serious? Yes. And are we had them in our hands. Colors? No, the big blue. Well, I mean, they're kind oh of iridescent god. and blue and stuff, but they're just. Truly spectacular. So that was that was really cool when we lived there. We took um, my husband's sister there, and we all went. And we and it's like funny because the whole time you're just like, wow, wow, you know, so cool. Yeah, I probably so. think I'd pass out if I ever did. Okay, so that's a bucket <laughs> list for me. I need to walk through a whole <laughs> butterfly. What do they call them? Herds? I don't know. <laughs> butterfly flocks? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm special today, ladies. I have to apologize ahead of time. I'm in rare form this morning. <laughs> what, morning what morning are you not in rare form? Especially oh, when we get on the show. I mean, seriously, we, we generally start laughing like seconds before the show starts, and so we join the show laughing. So that's always a good thing. Um, it's my favorite. I think that's perfect. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do the show you know what? With, it, it, uh, it is us. I think there's probably some listeners that maybe are a little bit more serious. Of course, the subject and the mm-hmm. topic oftentimes can be very serious. But, you know, for Dana and I, it's, it's really a, a critical point of wellness in, in being able to laugh and find humor and everything. I know... For me, and for you too, Dan. I'm going to just speak for you right now. So okay, go for it. Laughing is is like essential to well being. So the more we can laugh, you know, the better the better it is. Really, I agree. Yeah, you know. And speaking well, of podcasts, and Tiffany and I, before we get into Adrian's story and intermittent fasting, I wanted to just uh, give a quick shout out to your podcast that is launching today. Grass fed oh, how today. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's called what's it um, called? It's called Grass-Fed Gingers. So it's myself and another nutrition friend who is also a redhead and we went to the same um nutrition school and she just graduated a year before I did. Um she lives in the same town that I was in at that time and so I thought, "Oh, well, we have got to meet up, right?" And as soon as I saw her, I said, "We have to do a podcast." And this was almost three years ago. And so she, she at that time said, no way, that's way outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of weeks later, we met up again. And again, I said, hey, we need to do a podcast. And again, she said, no, that's way outside my comfort zone. Uh, so then I went home and I made up, like I did a mock-up of some cover art and I came up with the name Grass-Fed Gingers, and I sent it to her, and that's what sealed the deal. All right, <laughs> okay, woman, in. let me just tell you that is the best name ever. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. It's very cool. <laughs> so she, I, you know, I obviously um, just specialize with thyroid patients, and she specializes with digestive patients. Um, so I think we're a really great match and she's very, she's very Zen, very calming, you know, kind of to my more hard hitting kind of scientific. And so we really balance each other out that way. I love that. Also, will you tell everybody a little bit about where you both went to school? I know about it, but I want everybody to know not just the name, but um, what makes it different and special. I love that I've been getting a lot of emails uh, just lately on um, people inquiring about the school that I went to and would it be a good choice for them. And I chose um, the school that I went to is called um, Institute of Transformational Nutrition. And it's, you know, accredited through the NANP, which is the National Association of Nutritional Professionals. So any school that you choose within the accreditation of the NAMP, you're going to get great science. You're going to get the nutrition science. What made ITN stand out for me is that not only did you get the science, but it also you also got psychology classes and spirituality to go along with it because it's not just about the food. There's more to this than just the nutrition science. And so it really helps to kind of 
plug in and help people through their own nutrition journey without just saying, like, here's your macros and off you go. So that's what made it stand out for me. And uh, who's the uh, founder? That would be um, Cynthia Pasquella. Garcia. So she recently got married. So I think she added the Garcia on the end. She is amazing. And she's, you know, all over social media. She has books out. And she is such a believer in helping people get their health back that she, you know, started the school way back when. And now it is what it is today, which is just exploding. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing. I just wanted everybody to know. So the Institute for Transformational Nutrition? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or as we lovingly call it, ITN. Okay, ITN. Great. And when does your when, – so for people, uh, when does the grass-fed gingers uh, – does it go live today, or when can people start We are – yeah, we're going live today. Uh, we are going live on Facebook at 1045 and at that time, we will be giving the links out so people can go listen. And we're actually pushing three episodes out today. We're going to do our very first episode, which is our stories. Why are we holistic nutritionists, basically? And the second episode is also going to be about intermittent fasting. Um, uh-huh. It's kind of a, I know, it's kind of a love of me, mine right now. So I, I want to talk about it a lot. And we're then just episode three. Up, we're just getting yeah, warmed right? up for your I know. podcast. <laughs> you're going to be like, well, you're going to be on a roll, rolling, rolling. <laughs> um, the, and then the third episode is the importance of self-talk and self-care. So uh. we've got, you know, nu- you know, nutrition science in there, but then we also have more of the, you know, introspective um, stuff as well to help you yeah. along your journey. So we're going to have some giveaways and we are hoping that people will listen to our podcast and uh, give it some ratings on iTunes. And then we'll be able to um, award some prizes based on, um, you know, those ratings. And cool. I think one of the prizes is a year membership yes. to Thyroid Refresh, right? Yes. That is the biggest one that we're giving out. We have some like Restore um, Gut Health Nasal Spray. Uh, there, I'm giving away some CBD oil. It's um, the high quality, whole plant, organic, third party tested CBD oil. But the big one is for a one year membership to Thyroid Refresh, uh, which is just such a great resource for any thyroid patient. Hmm. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Sounds like a meow. <laughs> I know. Oh. And we will be launching, just since, you know, we're talking about we will be launching our um, flagship product uh, hopefully in September, end of September, which is Thyroid 30. So stay tuned and uh, be sure to check us out. Okay, let's get into it. Yes, very exciting. Let's get into (laughs) intermittent fasting since you're all about it. We want to know, we want to know more. And, you know, first of all, will you tell the listeners what it is, what intermittent fasting is? Hang on, hang yeah, on. For those who don't know. <laughs> I would love to know. I would love not to back everybody up, but I would love to know, and I want to get into intermittent fasting really quick, but can you give us a little bit about you, Adrian? How did you uh, yeah. get to this point? And share just a little bit about you before we, we jump into that um, awesome, I'm like chomping at the bit for that subject, but I would love to know a little I know, bit more right? about you. Yeah. 
Sure. So I um, have been a thyroid patient for about 20 years now, and I did just fine for the first 12 years being diagnosed with, you know, your medication you take every day. You go in once a year, and life is great, right? Um, and then in my in my early 30s, I started to get really sick, and no one could help me. And the symptoms that I was experiencing at the time, no one connected to my thyroid and essentially having um, an under-medicated thyroid with a conversion issue. So I wasn't converting T4 into T3 well, and I was on a T4 only synthetic medication. Um, so my, my cells were basically starving for the thyroid medication, for not thyroid hormone that it wasn't getting. And it took a couple of years to connect all the symptoms that I was having with it being an under-medicated thyroid. I was having um, sharp shooting chest pains, um, you know, weight gain, hair loss. My hair turned into a Brillo pad. It was so crunchy, and it just broke off into my hands. The most debilitating was I was having panic attacks every single day and not just one it was usually two and the way the doctors you know dealt with that was to give me a prescription of xanax and i couldn't leave the house without xanax because otherwise i wouldn't leave the house it was i would just be out in public and having these panic attacks and if you've ever had a panic attack before it is terrifying you do feel like you're dying and so to me, that was very debilitating, and it was hard to be a mom. It was hard to build a business. It was hard to do anything like that. Um, so I decided to take my health into my own hands, be my own advocate, and I really figured out that all of this actually was connected to my thyroid. And that's when I went to um, a naturopath, and I got put on a different medication that has also T3 in it. And I started to very slowly figure out how nutrition could also help me. Because every doctor that I went to, I said, what can I be doing different with my food to maybe feel better? There has to be something. And the answer that I got was, you just need to eat less and work out more. <laughs> Truly, yeah, we hear that everyone said on, that. We hear that you know, all the time gonna, on here and all the time. It's so disheartening. Yeah. It is. It's Breaks my heart. I swear I'm, I'm waiting for the headline of, you know, thyroid patient <laughs> attacks physician. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Over telling them they just need to control their diet a little bit better and yep. exercise more and thyroid yep. patient lost their crap yeah. and attacked the doctor. <laughs> it's going to go. So if you know, you know, most thyroid patients, the thing that we think about the most is this stupid weight gain that we experience. And if there's any other, you know, patient aware of their weight as much as thyroid patients, I don't know them because we tend to be obsessive about it. We'll do all the diets. We'll do uh, extreme calorie restricting. So when I would go in and I would say, I'm tracking my calories, I'm eating 800 to 1,100 calories per day and working out with this chest pain that I'm experiencing and the scale goes in the opposite uh, direction. Yeah. yeah. You know, my own child didn't even believe me. 
and we went yeah. walking. We went walking, and we were doing this really cool, brisk walk in the winter time, and and um, I gained I gained six pounds mm-hmm. in two yeah. weeks. And but yeah. did you know there's actually a study that is, that showed that uh, I don't remember whether it was Hashimoto or hypothyroid. But uh, they were given uh, an average of 600 calories a day, and they gained, on average, three pounds a week. Okay. I believe it. Yeah. You know, and it, it's yeah. just as important to say that for Hashimoto women that are not overweight, that struggle with being underweight, because that is a thing, Isabella Wentz, mm-hmm. of course, was one of them, but weight is still an issue because Hashimoto's on that low weight uh you know, end of the range, they struggle to gain weight. So in one aspect, one, you know, one body type or whatever makes that difference is still weight is a common concern. Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy when you think about that? You know, and people often associate that with Graves' disease, but that's that's actually, you know, present, It although it being on a smaller amount uh, for Hashimoto's as well. Now, Adrian, mm-hmm. were you diagnosed with Hashimoto's? You're a Hashimoto, I correct? Was- yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was 28 by my OBGYN. Um, I think that was the first time I was ever tested for Hashimoto's versus when I was 20 is when I was told I had an underactive thyroid. I don't know if it was tested at that time. Oh, my gosh, so eight when, years later. So you yeah, didn't even know eight you years were later, yeah. had no clue <laughs> that that was even a thing. And um, my you know, OBGYN at the time said, oh, so you're – you know, you have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune form of, you know, hypothyroidism. And I said, what does that mean? (laughs) I know. I said, what does that mean? And she said, well, it doesn't really mean anything because I won't treat you any differently. It just means that you're more susceptible to get other autoimmune diseases like diabetes, MS, or lupus. And that was all the information I was given, which is terrifying. Thank you so much, right? Now, when you yeah. say you were taking T4 only medication, just because it's a it's a personal thing with me, and I love to know, when they actually tested your T3, your free T3, at your provoking, uh, were you out of the range low, or were you in the low range with all of those symptoms? That's a great question that I don't have the information right at my fingertips. It was back in 2014. Um, I, I just know that I said, I want to try, um, this natural, um, desiccated thyroid medication that, you know, comes from the pigs and it has both the natural T4 and the natural T3 in it. And that's when, uh, my, my thyroid levels really started to get so much better. Right. Cause I I don't know if they're high versus low. Right, right, right. No, I, the reason I ask is because I think it's really important to point out for thyroid patients that your free T3 can actually be in that low normal range and yet still have all of those symptoms. You don't necessarily have to be out of the range low in T3 to actually have all of those awful symptoms present. So that's it's kind of, you mm-hmm. know, I'm always curious to ask, but Who's going to remember yeah, that, right? You're like, Tiffany, yeah, that was so agreed. long. Agreed. <laughs> like we say, normal, you know, isn't what you're looking for. You're you're looking for optimal, and optimal right. doesn't, you know, it includes both numbers and, you know, how you're presenting physically. 
Exactly. Don't we wish all docs did that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> and so you chose to come to nutrition by your own journey. Look at how many amazing careers and passions mm. and everything were found out of this challenging disease. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's just it's just growing, and I love to see so much more information out there than there was just even three years ago. Um, right. You know, it just it's it just Exploded. people are waking up to the fact that this is more than just take a pill every day and go in once a year for blood work. It's so much more than that. It really is, and I think you know more people are you know um, it's crazy. You know, you think of how many people are walking around undiagnosed also. Mm. That maybe you're just thinking, particularly like you know people that are over forty or maybe just had a baby, you know, it always mm-hmm. gets, you know, pushed off to the side because, oh, you're a new mom or, you know, mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur, so of course you're tired and losing your mm-hmm. hair, you're stressed. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, there's lots of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. out there without thyroid disease that don't have these problems. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's And really I get important. so many people who say, well, I was tested and I was fine. And I said, great, well, so what did they I. test you for? And, mm-hmm. of course, they don't know. And then when they do mm-hmm. go look, it's just the TSH. And I say, well, if TSH was the only test that your physician ran, that you didn't get a full thyroid workup. Right. So come to me and get a list, mm-hmm. and you take that with you to your doctor, and mm-hmm. you just say, these are the tests that I want you to run. And then you stop talking. And if they say, I won't run these, then you say, thank you, and then you go find a doctor who will. <laughs> who will, Right. <laughs> And mm-hmm. if you're tied to your insurance, then we'll call it pulling a Mary Showman, and you just mm-hmm. have handy this little note that says, okay, since I'm stuck with you and you're a moron, could you please <clears throat> sign this piece of paper that says that you're refusing to run these tests with these symptoms present? Here, I'll sign here. You go ahead and sign here. Could you please make me a copy and keep yeah. that one in my chart? And that will inevitably change their little mind fairly quickly. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. 99% mm-hmm. certain. I'm going to call that pull and a Mary Showman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. that. Pull and a Mary Showman, right? <laughs> Seriously. Who's brilliant, by the way. Yeah, I know. Just she smile is. and say thank you. Yeah, I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure exactly. they'll change their mind. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Demand politely. Demand yep. politely. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to get, I mean, you want them to be on your side. So you're trying right. to, to, you're working together. You're a team. It's not, they don't get to have, you know, the veto over your health. It's not a dictatorship. You get to work together. Right. It's yeah. definitely not a dictatorship. No. <laughs> right. No. And oh, you know, gosh, I just, there are so many people, I just want to say really quickly, there are so many people that, I know personally that just because I've been, you know, dealing with this for so long, I suspect probably have thyroid disease and they've said they, they don't because they've been tested. And I guess I don't want to push it any further than that, but I, um, I think I will just say, well, what did you, what tests were and, um, Mm -hmm. and suggest that they get a, get a full thyroid panel. So, I mean, sometimes I do, but you know, I just, I feel like it's such a, misdiagnosed and undiagnosed disease and it's only going to get worse I mean which is you know we're all dealing with it and we you know maybe we're all going to get lots smarter and healthier because of because of this so maybe there won't be more but um the silver lining 
Yeah, and it's super lining. important to have to have your antibodies tested because, like for example, in my mm-hmm. case, and so many people that we've talked to, I was diagnosed to Hashimoto four years before my before. TSH actually fell under or fell over three. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, even by by awesome standards of TSH, right, using three as a high mark on that, I it still took me three years, four almost four years, being a Hashimoto for my TSH to fall in a treatable range. And so they didn't medicate you then? They did not medicate me for almost Mm. four years. And I will tell you, just from my experience, now, of course, Epstein-Barr was an X factor for me. So we can't, you can't exclude that in part of it. But looking back on everything now and everything that I know in my own experience, I... Well, and that actually may change my might actually change my opinion with that with something recently. But um, I would have gone on a low dose medication. I would have asked to be medicated when I was diagnosed Hashimoto, because when I went on medication, I felt so much better. So I would, and there are there are some studies that actually show that going on medication at the onset or diagnosis of Hashimoto's can actually slow down the immune attack while you're obviously trying to figure mm-hmm. out what your trigger is and, and working on that. You don't ever want to let that go. But I felt so much better. There was a you know an enormous amount of symptom resolution by going on thyroid medication. So I would have asked for it at the onset of Hashimoto's, even though my TSH was, was not technically, even by ideal standards, as it was under three, not in a treatable range, I still would have asked, you know, if nothing else, just for symptom resolution. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I love really... that you, yeah, I love that you said that because when I was first put on the um, uh, nature thyroid, I think is what I was put on at that time after being on a T4 only medication for 14 years, my um, antibodies were up in the 700s. So oh. I start nature thyroid and um, six months later, tested again, and my antibodies were down to 200s. And this was wow. before I did anything with, with diet. This was just changing my medication actually huh. affected my antibodies in a mm-hmm. way that I would have never. And, of course, the, the doctor says, well, we don't really test antibodies, you know, once you're positive because, you know, once you're positive, you always have it, so it doesn't matter. But the thing is, the, the higher antibodies, you know, the, the more of a reaction your body's having. And that's what's, you know, creating um, a slew so of these the symptoms. horrible symptoms. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So exactly. you get those antibodies down, and if you get it down below 30, then you're considered in remission, which I've been able to do by, with diet alone, I went from the 200s. Now I, I, my last test showed that my antibodies were at 9. So that's I'm wow. in remission. Based on that's yeah, awesome. changing medication and nutrition, not not saying that that's going to work for everyone, you know, but I think that it does have a huge impact to test those antibodies on a regular basis and to do what you can to lower them because that's what's going to make you feel better. And what did you what kind of medication you were on? Natrothroid. So I went from Synthroid, the brand name, mm-hmm. to Natrothroid. And now... Do you still take and were you like, oh, 
when you got the name? Well, yeah, it's been a long <laughs> journey. So it's been about four years. But I right. right now, every day I wake up and I feel so much better than I did the day before. It's just compounding. Uh, and it's just amazing as long as I maintain, you know, this nutrition plan that I've created and, um, you know, the sleep is important and movement is important. You know, everything that goes into it every day is an amazing day. Okay, so wait, back up. Sorry, I wasn't okay. sure if I'm following. Did you? Are you on any medicine right now? I am. Okay, so how much do you take? Oh, uh, I think I'm at the 97 uh, micrograms of Natrothroid. Did so you find that going down, you know, when you when you started feeling better? Did you start um, reducing the amount mm-hmm. that you needed? No, when did I you... started feeling better, uh, when I started feeling better and following like this, this nutrition plan is when my TSH started to finally be reined in and my medication was starting to do its job. Right. So, so, and and well, for the listeners, let's let's explain what that means in the world of, you know, no thyroid patient needs meds when you're in remission. Yeah, no, that's not the case. Okay. So oh, what right. you're telling us is we we remiss the Hashimoto's, but you had enough tissue destruction already, Correct. that you are maintained with your thyroid ma- thyroid medication. Yes. So let's all give a huge shout out to thyroid medication and not everybody yes. can go in remission and go medication free. Yes. Can I get a hell yeah? Exactly. Okay. You can get an yes. amen and a hallelujah. Let's get a bull horn. I want to say even one. louder <laughs> that you don't heal Hashimoto's. If someone tells you that they can heal your Hashimoto's, please run the other direction. I have Hashimoto's. I will always have Hashimoto's, but it's considered in remission. And I still have to depend on thyroid medication to um, get that thyroid hormone into my body. Mm-hmm. And, and we have, just to, to show the, the, the diversity of thyroid patients that we have, then we have me that has Hashimoto's and Graves. I've been on as much as 90. Right now I'm struggling between 30 and 45, dropping it. So when people tell you that once you go on medication, you'll always be on thyroid medication, blah, 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 for some that have experienced mm-hmm. that degree of tissue damage, yes, and you should be extraordinarily grateful for your thyroid medication. And then there are yes. others can, that can adjust that medication as that, as that challenge and journey continues. So yes. it, and with it's a, physician, a really you simple yeah. paradigm that I wish, mm-hmm. I wish that, that we could just get some duct tape for the people <laughs> that, that are telling people wrong. And a bullhorn for the people that can help people navigate the journey well and accurately. So mm-hmm. I hope you felt I just gave you a big hug and a kiss, Adrian. Did you feel that? <laughs> I did, and I love okay. it. Thank you. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's really important, and it just, I mean, I can't tell you how much the hair on the back of my neck stands up when even when I'm in the grocery store and you'll see this mm-hmm. woman's magazine or whatever, you can heal your thyroid problem. Oh. And, you know, I live yes. in Joshua Tree, so I get all these people that come to my thyroid booth that, oh, you know, I stopped taking my, you know, my medication. And mm-hmm. you're just looking at them and you're like, oh, why would you do that? You know, I mean, just right. the consequences are so great to gamble with that. You know what I'm saying? You just want to tell people, let me show you this circumstance mm-hmm. and this circumstance and this circumstance and this circumstance of people that gambled. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't win when you put that 
situation in a gambling situation. Do it smart. Yes, you absolutely, Mm -hmm. if your thyroid is possible, you can go off medication if you've had no tissue destruction and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But then there are people that go in remission like you, live wonderful lives, very healthy, and yet are still grateful every day for that stinking little pill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? There's just some, there's no such thing as one size fits all in thyroid. It just doesn't exist. Agreed. And, and no. two, when you're, you know, you're getting, when you're getting better and there's a possibility that you could get off medication, you're doing that with your trusted and qualified physician to do so. Right. You don't you're just wake up one day and stop taking Under guidance. Mm-hmm. Right. Under, yep. yeah. Under, Under guidance. Professional guidance. Yes. Yes. Because right. I I've wonder, because I wonder those people who do say they comment they say, yes, well, I started feeling better, yada, yada, my, you know, my nutrition, I'm moving, and so I'm in remission, and I stopped taking my thyroid medication, and I'm doing fine, I'm doing great, and this is a year, or maybe it will have been, you know, three years for the person. Or, okay, well, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be this hell storm in five years or ten years or, oh yes. you know? I and mean, it's a slippery wonder. slope if you're not careful. It really, it really is. That's why it's so important like you said, your, your trusted physician that can help you monitor. And, you know, what if you go off medication and, you know, your TSH and free T4 and free T3 stay fabulous, but your antibodies continue to rise. Super mm-hmm. important for, for those patients out there that do not get their antibodies tested. You know, yes, many physicians will tell you, I, because I'm not going to treat your thyroid condition any differently We really don't need to know this. And what you need to to remind them is you may not need to know this, but I need to know this information because while you're, you know, fabulously monitoring my TSH and free T3 and free T4, I am going to be working to, to make my antibodies, you know, put them in remission. You may not be doing that, but I'm going to be doing that in my own private time. So it is very important to remind your physician that that you will be working on it, even though there's nothing that they will be doing about it. Yeah, and that should make them feel better, right? They're like, oh, okay. Right. That should be a great thing. Having a proactive patient, I think, would be... Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but as a doctor um, and even just a practitioner in the nutrition field, I would want more information. The more information that I can gather you know of that data is the better i can help you with so right it it always befuddles me when they say oh no we don't need it like well okay but wouldn't it be fascinating to know otherwise <laughs> anyway <laughs> well and, and for your clients adrian how often do you like to see those antibodies you know run especially working with at least what like as your mm-hmm, marker at least once a year on? yeah so what I like in the perfect world, and this doesn't always happen, is they've had their antibodies run pretty close to the time that they've started to work with me and that I put them on a nutrition plan. And then six weeks after they start the nutrition plan, run those antibodies and all the other thyroid levels as well and to see where they're at because there will be a change mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about it. So that's a perfect world and it doesn't always happen that way because, you know, some patients don't go to the doctor that often or their insurance doesn't cover that many appointments. But at least once a year, you should be looking at your antibodies and seeing where they're at. Right. Definitely. You know, uh, I was just, 
What, 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 what? what no, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, as long as we're talking about antibodies, you know, the studies are showing that intermittent fasting can actually put us in remission. But yeah. go ahead. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. That was my next thought. So, okay, I, let's go. <laughs> so that's let's my do what. this. Yeah. Let's do it. God. So I've I've shied away from intermittent fasting or at least talking about it um, for a while because there wasn't great information with thyroid patients um, for intermittent fasting. There's information out there for extended fast, fasting, you know, 10 days or more for thyroid patients and how that really does affect the thyroid. But that's not intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is um, a little less invasive than that. Ten days is quite a long time to fast or to water fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's ten days, and, and there are people who do it, but it's not what I would recommend uh, for the thyroid patients that I that I work with. So intermittent fasting is basically just a, a pattern of eating of when you're not eating and then when you are eating. And the great thing about intermittent fasting is that it's very flexible and that you can do it several different ways and however is most comfortable for you. So what I would recommend for people first starting out with fasting and they want to try it is to do 12 hours of fasting and then 12 hours of an eating window. And that's really easy to do because, you know, you can do most of your fasting time then while you're sleeping. And then as a thyroid patient, you get up in the morning and you take your, you know, thyroid medication, you know, with a full glass of water. And then you, and you have to wait an hour um, for most patients anyway to start eating. So you've already extended that. um, And then it's maybe just extend it one more hour to reach that 12 hour mark of when you've been fasting for 12 hours. So the benefits of fasting um, start at the 12 hour mark usually. Now, for some people, it takes a little bit longer to kind of start that phase of fasting, but science is saying it starts at 12 hours and then up until 72 hours is when you get the most benefits. After 72 hours of water fasting is when the benefits start to go down. They don't necessarily go away. They just start to go down. So right. finding that So peak is between spot. 12 hours and, and what, 72 hours? 72 Mm-hmm. I know Karen Christian so, was talking about that 16 hour being a being an mm-hmm. ideal kind of you know for for him he said didn't he say 16 hours he yeah. did say it was an ideal hours, yeah. target mm-hmm. yeah 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 mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what you want to work up to um, is that's one of the you know methods to use is called the 168 so you have 16 hours of fasting and an eight hour window of eating. So is and this done that, continually, Adrian? I mean, mm-hmm. is this something that you do every day, once a week, every other day? I mean, what is your recommendation that you found from the studies? That's the beauty of it. So everyone's a little bit different, and you can find what works most comfortable for you. When you do the 16-8 or the 12-12 or even what I currently do, which is the 20 and the 4, the 20 hours fasting and the four hour eating window, that it can be done safely for most thyroid patients every single day. Another every way to do that. Okay, so tell every us how single you do day. That. Give us the mm-hmm. times. What? Give us a day in the 
you know, give us a two-day fasting time, like what you would eat and how that works for you, as an example. Okay, so for myself, I do the 20 and the 4, so I have 20 hours of fasting and 4 hours of eating. And uh, wow. the way that looks is that <laughs> I don't That's eat until cow. 3. <gasps> yeah. Okay. You know, what's, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And um, like I said, as a thyroid patient, you're kind of spending your mornings not really eating anyway for a while. So it's just kind of rolling into that longer time period of, of waiting to eat. So I usually eat start eating about three. And when I say start eating, it's usually because I'm starting to prepare dinner. And so I'll munch on the things that, you know, I'm usually making for dinner, like the veggies or, or the whatnot. I can't think of what, what else I'd be munching on, but, um, and then we'll eat an early dinner, usually about four thirty or five. And then the goal is to stop eating at seven. So from three to seven is our window. And I say R with the man that I share my life with also does the 20 and the four. So from three to seven, we can eat. And the most important thing that you can do is to have that nutrient dense uh, nutrition during the hours that you're eating, because one, you have to, you know, restore the nutrients that your body has been depleted during the time that you're fasting. And also because it will make the fasting times, that much more comfortable if you're eating nutrient-dense foods that don't have sugar, you know, that that aren't and inflammatory, like How many calories do you think you intake in that four hours? I can tell you that it's about 1,400 to 1,800 calories. Okay, so you're you're intaking a, a, a still a very reasonable amount of... Yes calories it's not like you're yeah. intaking three or four hundred calories in those four hours you're you're consuming a, a fair amount of calories there i am and All right. the reason being is because you do have um well it's just you know i find that when you're fasting and then you start to cook dinner it's such a magical experience and i can't wait to eat it and the and i love just you know having like a big um leafy green salad you know, with all the accoutrements that you might want on it. Um, and then we have the high-quality meat, like grass-fed beef or wild-caught salmon. Um, so you have nutrient-dense foods, but these are also very calorie-dense foods. So and you probably we're getting... eat very slow. It's, like, it's almost like a, um, a ritual time for you guys, right, where you just really yes. take your time and, yes. and God, that's ideal. Yes, it <laughs> is. And, you know, it's beautiful. <laughs> Right. Because otherwise, you know, you're you're on the run all day and you're just kind of, right. you know, you're trying to get some food in you while you're working and you're driving and all that kind of stuff. And and when you're fasting, there's so much more time in your day because you're not eating uh, right. and you're not. Yeah. And so it's like, when you know, you anyone do, that eats like that, they shovel their food, which, oh, my God, the studies. Oh, like, gosh. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, on yes. shoveling your food and illness and oh, my goodness craziness now is that type of a um the 24 in your studies have you found you know like for clients have you experienced uh you know low blood sugars or you know people there's so many of us thyroid patients that are pre-diabetic or diabetic is that still considered safe for for those with those concerns so um one of the magical things about intermittent fasting is that it will help with your blood sugars 
And the recommendation that I make is that during your fasting time, and now these are water fasts, so there's no juice, you know, there's, you know, studies out there with juice fasting. This is a water fast, so it's just good, clean, filtered water that's fluoride-free or black coffee that has nothing in it, so no sugar, no cream, none of the fun stuff, or herbal tea, like green tea if you can tolerate it, which I don't tolerate green tea very well, or any other herbal tea. Again, nothing added to it. So that is all that you are consuming during your fasting time. What What I've experienced even just with myself, is if I have more than eight ounces of coffee during my, fa- during my fasting time, I will feel hypoglycemic mm. because it kind of mimics, you know, how your blood right. sugars kind of go up and down. That, that coffee can really, and, you know, coffee and, and thyroid patients, you know, not the best of friends anyway. Not that you have to avoid it unless, you know, you have a professional tell you to avoid it. But I recommend you know, no more than, than eight ounces a day when you're fasting because it will make you feel jittery and anxious. Jittery. And what's the first thing you want to do when you start feeling jittery? You want to eat, right? You eat. And you usually want to eat something either full of carbs or full of protein because you want that jitteriness to go away. To go and that's away. not necessarily your blood sugar is going haywire. It just feels like maybe they are. So is that how fasting, much you have, Tiff? Is that how much coffee you have every day? Do you have like just one oh, cup I a day? Oh, I just have one cup in the morning. Yeah, like probably oh. I would say it's probably seven ounces, maybe. Yeah, I'm about to measure that out because it's a coffee cup, which is funny because no coffee <laughs> cup on this planet is six ounces. <laughs> you know, no, no, like, you're my right. My coffee cup is like twelve inches high. <laughs> you're like, right. oh my god, that's like four cups of coffee. I'm like, <laughs> that's right. You, you know, got a coffee cup, is, right? <laughs> um, we have a caller. No, it's probably we have a caller about eight ounces. But I sleep like a baby. Yeah. I don't have any problems there. What's that? You have a caller caller. on the line? Yeah. We do? One second. Yep. (laughs) I don't mean to sound shocked. Hi, you're live on Thyroid. Hi, can you guys hear me? We can. Loud and clear. Well, hey, gals. It's Jenny calling in. Hi. Hi. I am glued to this show. I just, we adore Adrian. I'm. For the listeners, oh. I'm Jenny Mahar, Dana's business partner, I know who co-founder you are, of Refresh. <laughs> and Adrian, we're so excited about your podcast launch today. So congratulations! Yay, thank you so much. That's so great. Thank you. Um, and as um, you know, just to let people know, you're the our team nutritionist for Thyroid Refresh. So. Um, but I have been glued to the show because I love intermittent fasting. This has been like a new discovery for me and I've been experimenting with it and I really feel great. I've been amazed at how much more energy I have. And yes, it's nice, you know, not to have to spend so much time cooking and eating, Um, especially Mm -hmm. with like breakfast, which can be challenging for someone like me who tries to avoid gluten, dairy and eggs. So mm-hmm. it's like, I guess I'll have some fruit and maybe some, you know, grass-fed sausage or something again. But anyway, I was remembering um, when I was training for my wedding. So 13 years ago, the trainer said, you need to eat six meals a day because that's going to keep your metabolism up. And I know mm-hmm. nutrition science changes 
is always in this state of evolution. But it's made me wonder, well, is that not true? Or how does intermittent fasting affect our metabolism? You know, that's a question that we get from a lot of our audience. How do I boost my metabolism? I'm struggling with weight gain. Can you tell us a little bit about how intermittent fasting and metabolism together? Work together? Yes. I'm so excited that you asked that question um, because I love to address this. And the, the science shows that even if you are a thyroid patient, so this is just a normal, you know, adult over the age of 18, that fasting from 12 to 72 hours increases your metabolism. Huh. It's magical wow. like that. After 72 hours, that's when your metabolism and your thyroid function will start to decrease. So that's why I recommend not doing it for more than 72 hours at a time. But when you're doing mm -hmm. the intermittent fasting, like the 16-8 or even the 12-12, you're getting those benefits of revving up your metabolism a little bit. And intermittent fasting, when it comes to weight loss, will really um, help to decrease abdominal fat, which is the scary, you know, unhealthy kind. So not only, you know, are you increasing your metabolism, but you're, you know, quote unquote, targeting the unhealthy fat around your organs. Hmm. That is so, so great to hear ask... because that's kind of been the fear in the back of my head is, am I screwing with my metabolism by doing this? And yeah, right, that's great. So many, so such the opposite of that. So how long have yep. you guys, you two guys been doing the, the intermittent fasting? Since since the beginning of May, but I actually did intermittent fasting through my 20s without knowing that it was intermittent fasting. Right. I was just right. a busy gal who worked <laughs> 60 hours a week, and I you know, had to commute two hours a day, and my one meal for the entire day would be lunch. And I would get home so late that I would just drink my tea, and I would you know, fall into bed exhausted. And I felt really great, but I didn't realize that that was a thing. I actually, at the time, thought I was being unhealthy by only eating one meal a day. That's how ingrained this information is for us. The eat, eat three meals a day and then eat two more, you know, meals and or snacks on top of that. So we're constantly just overfeeding our bodies with nutrients and sometimes without the nutrients, you know, if they're, you know, just empty calories, but we're telling ourselves that they constantly need to be doing this work of processing these nutrients. So one of the biggest benefits and the one that I love to talk about and preach, the benefits of fasting is something called autophagy. And autophagy only happens when you're fasting. Your, your cells have to stop um, processing those nutrients in order to begin the process of autophagy. And autophagy is just a fancy word for house cleaning. And <laughs> once your cells aren't concentrating on processing all the glucose and the nutrients, it can turn into itself and say, okay, now we're going to clean out all the damaged DNA, and repair ourselves. 
Or if it's not repairable, then it's a process called apoptosis, which is cell death. And that's needed as well. So the bad cells can die off and hopefully not turn into something like, you know, cancer. So if they don't get a chance to die off, then you get those mutations, right? So there's a lot of, you know, great information about there, about the studies that are being done on intermittent fasting and cancer prevention. And not only cancer prevention, but also with, um, if you do have cancer and you're doing chemotherapy, studies are showing that if you fast for at least 12 hours prior to your chemotherapy treatment, your chemotherapy treatment will be much more effective on those cells and it has been shown to protect you against some of those awful side effects of the chemotherapy. Interesting. So this autophagy, it only happens during fasting, and you need to be fasting at least 12 hours. And that gives your cells For a that. chance to rest and repair, rest and repair. And it's so needed, and we don't ever give ourselves that chance anymore versus, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago when we had to go through periods of starvation and feast, right? We worked with the, the rhythm of the seasons, right. then our bodies had a chance to rest and repair. So that's why I love to talk about autophagy. It's my word of the year. And that's because where the remission comes that, in. Right. That's, that's where the where... remission comes in. That's where inflammation goes down. That's where you you start to feel so much better and you get the brain fog goes away, your energy increases and it's just a really, if you are a thyroid patient who is thinking about fasting, I would recommend do it. Start out at the 12-12 and then increase your window of fasting as it feels more comfortable to you. And that, okay, that well, was actually really part quickly. of my... Oh, I was going to say really quickly, Jenny, you're still there. Um, when did you start your fasting? Probably right around the time you guys had Kieran on the show. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, so my my question before I forget, and I apologize because I'm like, oh, God, wait, 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 wait. I need a pen. I'll just write these things down. So one of the biggest things that, that I've read, okay, I've only done it one day. A little scary for me because – my God, since I was 19, the big thing was six meals, like you were talking about, Jenny. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, I'm just sharing my own personal experience. So it doesn't mean that, that this is, you know, the whatever. But my metabolism became less efficient, okay? I, I, I see it now. Like, right, what we, hindsight is 2020 and just fabulous and yet sucks all at the same time. But teaches your metabolism to be weaker. Okay, so one of the things I was going to ask Adrian is, and the reason I asked you both how long you've been doing it is to ask you about if you've experienced weight loss because what I've read, and I'm just too afraid to do it because I've got this mentality of six meals and that's mm-hmm. what you know regulated my blood sugars and blah, 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 blah. But one of the biggest things that I've read is that ability – where the body becomes weak and relies on carbohydrates to be well, whereas when we have those intermittent fasting periods, the body learns to burn fat. Like it, it, it's supposed to just swing like a pendulum, and, and Adrian, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but 
where it can burn carbohydrates and then when it gets used to intermittent fasting, which is the design by origin, should be able to burn the fat in the times that we do not have access to food. Can Am I going somewhere scientifically with that, Adrian, that you know? So when you fast, well, you learn the body learns to shift back and forth mm-hmm. like it's supposed to, right? Yes. So, right. So the majority of Americans are what we call sugar burners. And what we want to do is be fat burners. We want to use um, our fat to burn, but it's not necessarily easy for the body to tap into that form of energy. And when there's glucose in our system, it will never tap into fat because glucose, it says, yes, that's the easy, that is low hanging fruit for our body in order to fuel all the cells that it needs. It's just going to grab the glucose. So when there's no more glucose for the body to use, it will say, oh, okay, so let's start tapping into these other stores that we have, even though it's not as efficient and we don't really like to, but we will. And the studies have actually shown that when you um, start intermittent fasting, that even when you, you know, do have your meal of the day or your two meals, if you're doing like the 12 and the 12, that during those meals, your body is much more efficient at using fat and glucose as being forms able to of energy. Switch. Yes. So exactly. See, when I read that, I was like, oh, I can totally wrap my head. I mean, there are very few things that I just take that deep breath and I go, I can wrap my head around that. I can wrap light my bulb. head around yeah. that. Mm-hmm. As a <laughs> light bulb yeah, moment. Did, oh, yes. It did stabilize my blood sugars, but in the midst of that, I remained overweight. You see what I'm saying? So it mm-hmm. was like, ugh. So, you know, now I've got all these fabulous things, and I did do one 16-hour fast because I do have the genetics that has some neurotransmission issues. And so Mm -hmm. in the past, when I would go too long without eating or removing too many carbohydrates and things like that, I get, I have some issues. And they're significant. It's not a teeny tiny issue. And when we talked to Ben Lynch, he spoke a little bit about that, where he has the same genetics and the same problems. And I don't think that's really become a very popular topic yet. But um, when I did the 16-hour fast, I felt fine. See, that's not all the time. See what I'm saying? So it mm-hmm. was, you can, it's doable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I tried it once, 16 hours, and I felt fine. I felt great. I, I think I stopped eating about 4 o'clock, and then um, I think I, I woke up and had my coffee, at uh, which I put coconut milk in and, and uh, you know, and then ate, I think, about like 9 o'clock. And I really felt great. I'm like, okay, I can do this. But then it was kind of like, mm-hmm. well, how often am I, how often should I be doing this? <laughs> you as know often what I mean? as you, you want. So that, that kind of a, yeah, so that kind of a fast, you know, I would say you can do that every single day safely. Now, if you wanted to be adventurous and you feel very comfortable with the 16-8 or the 20 and the 4, then you can try the 72-hour one. And I don't recommend that to do that more than um you know, twice a month because it, it, right. it is a little bit more and you are depleting your body of nutrients. So you do need to take the time to get those nutrients back in. So I attempted to do a 72 hour fast just a couple of weeks ago. And um, I thought I was, you know, I was the champion and I was going to make it all the way. And I actually <laughs> at about hour 44 is when I was started to listen to my body, which is another thing that I wanted to bring up. It's really important to listen to your body. If your body's telling you to stop your fast, 
then please stop your fast and now, go eat Adrian, something that's very those, nutrient dense. What mm-hmm. would that language entail? Shaking, well, irritability, lightheadedness. Yes. What What would be some yes. good signs where people would? I mean, are they supposed to work through it, or or what is that? What well, is that the language? one of the things about fasting is that hunger is not constant through fasting. You know, it comes and it goes in waves. So if a hunger pain kind of comes, um, one of the best things you can do is just you know, chug some water and weirdly enough, it goes right away. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes during those hunger pains, it's your body asking for water. Now, when I hit about hour 40, the hunger pain came and it didn't go away. And, um, I was, I was irritable. I didn't want to do anything. Um, I was doing it with, you know, the man I share my life with, and he was also irritable, and we were snapping a little bit at each other, <laughs> and he decided to be, you know, on the other side of the house from me, and at about hour 43, is I was on Pinterest, and all I could do was just keep looking at pictures of food, and I would send them to him, so I was texting him from across the house, pictures of food. And that's when I finally said, oh, I think my body says I need to stop this mm-hmm. fast. And I think 44 hours is amazing. And I was a little disappointed that I didn't make it to 72. But that doesn't mean I can't, you know, try again. So Maybe it's and like I'm not running a marathon, you know, exactly. where you have, you have to, to train yourself to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know Kieran was talking a little bit about having to work up to it. Didn't he, Dana? Uh-huh. He was saying, he did. You know, start with a 10 and if you get that down, then go to 12, and then, you know, mm-hmm. um, so maybe it's like a marathon. You kind of have to, to work up to that. You know what I mean? I and don't he know. Did say, roll into he did it. say that he, um, he averages about 14. He tries for more, but just with his travel and his schedule and things, right. and that he finds it works for him. So, you know, it doesn't right. necessarily have to be 16 all the time. You know, maybe you get there once, or maybe you get there twice, right? Now, Jenny, what are, what are you doing? Oh, Adrian's she's already gone. Doing, She's oh, already she's gone. gone. She's gone. Oh, oh okay. We got four she's people. Gone. We got to be. I wonder what um, PM her and ask her what what hour range she's doing. Is it like Adrian's or is she doing a different one? I am texting her right now because <laughs> I'm curious. So thing, like what's working for her? Yeah. Yeah. And if she has the other benefit, like how that I wanted to talk about that happens yeah. during. Um, that happens during fasting is that it promotes the um, human growth hormone. So that only happens also during fasting. And it usually happens when we're sleeping um, usually, but it'll happen. Like if you have a longer fast, it'll also, you know, your human growth hormone will kick in and that burns fat and builds muscle. So if we're always eating and always eating particularly high carb diet, your human growth hormone isn't activated. It's not working. Um, the other thing, the other benefits I just wanted to throw down real quick is that it can help reverse diabetes, uh, reverse high blood pressure, decrease your triglycerides. Um, and like I said before, it helps with the cancer treatments if you're going through that. And the other thing that I wanted to throw down before we all run away is that fasting isn't for everyone. And I wanted to just make sure that I got it out there that these, the that you shouldn't do it if you're pregnant or nursing, that you're malnourished or underweight. Um, the big one for me is don't do it if you're sleep deprived. 
Uh, and that's when you talk about Kieran, you know, with his busy schedule and stress, right. stress and sleep deprivation will hinder your fasting process faster than anything else. And if you've ever noticed that if you don't sleep well, the next day you're more hungry. And that's just mm-hmm. because your body Ooh, is funny. looking for fuel. You didn't give it sleep, so it's got to have something else. So um, fasting when you're sleep deprived, sleep deprived is really hard and uncomfortable. Also, don't do fasting if you have a history of eating disorders. You know, for obvious reasons, it ten- tends to be maybe another tool that they'll use to, you know, develop and eat another one or so on. Contact. Um, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, children under 18, you know, shouldn't be fasting um, or after a surgery or a major illness. So it's not for everyone, adrenal? but... What about adrenals? Yes, and your adrenals are... Yes, thank you for bringing that up. And if you are having adrenal fatigue, um, please don't fast either. Hey. Now, just adrenal fatigue or actual, right, or actual <laughs> uh, cortisone problems? Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, because I think adrenal fatigue is kind of everybody adrenal. feels like they have adrenal mm-hmm. fatigue. So are we talking about like a clinically defined adrenal fatigue or, or can you elaborate on that? If you, okay, so there is, there's fatigue and then there's adrenal fatigue. And, and, you know, if you are overly fatigued anyway, probably fasting is not what you're going to want to be doing until you can get to a place that so maybe not taxing like with active- for you. Epstein-Barr and things like that, too. So if you're fighting oh, like Lyme no. disease or something like that, it's not going to apply. Yes, I, would, I wouldn't I would do it. And you can, you know, if you are in an active, um, in an active um, storm at the moment and you do fasting, you're going to feel it. And right. this goes back to what I was saying before, listen to your body. If your body listen says don't fast, body. then don't fast. It's, you know, you're going to do more harm than good at that point. Well, there'll be side effects, you know, like the first time, you know, you try it. I mean, because what I'm thinking is, you know, I know a few people who could benefit, and I'm thinking they're going to say, but I get shaky at, you know, whatever, and I feel like I need to eat, you know, at a certain Maybe time. Maybe try some water, like Adrian said. Try okay. some water, and then if it doesn't go away, what what would you say, Adrian, to that? Yeah, well, one, um, don't, don't do it with coffee then, so um, <laughs> right. skip the coffee. <laughs> And uh-huh. <laughs> which might be harder than fasting for most people. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm fine if I don't have coffee, but um, for me, coffee is more of a ritual anyway. It's just kind of a warm something to drink it in the morning is, and the right? smell you of it. You can pry my know? coffee out of my cold, dead hands. That's what mm-hmm. I think. I only do one cup. It's not like yeah. I'm reliant, like you said. I'm not reliant no. on it all day to stay awake. And it's a ritual yes. for me. It's a morning warm yes. Holding the cup, I even hold the cup, mm-hmm. and it's warm and it feels good and smells good. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So if you're if you're shaky um, while you're fasting, chances are it's because there um, you need to drink more water and you need to not have the caffeine. So there is you yeah. know caffeine also in green tea. So if you're relying on green tea to get you through your fasting window and you're shaky, then I would remove that as well. And we know we have to let you go because you have your amazing podcast that's going to kick off here soon. But I have to ask you the burning question. Did you have any weight loss that you oh, noticed? Yes. Oh, okay. yes. Yes. And so, um, and also the amazing man I share my life with um, has had more significant weight loss than I have. Um, I've lost about 12 pounds since May doing this. Now, as a thyroid patient, you know, I think that fasting longer is going to give me a better benefit than doing the 20 and the four. 
Um, and that's just because I'm a slow metabolizer. And I know that for a fact because I did the hair analysis. But when you're a slow metabolizer, it takes longer for the glucose to get, you know, out of your system so your cells aren't processing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I just had a question. Okay, where did it go? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, it's gone. Did she, okay. Did Jenny <laughs> say what she was doing? Yes, Jenny did, did Jenny? tell me. She was. Okay. She's doing. Let's see. She goes 7 p.m. to 11 a.m. on a good day. I mean, and on a good day, she can do 17 hours, but she only does it three or four times a week, and not on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And, and what are her big benefits? Did she notice any weight loss? I know she said more energy and increased energy. But no weight loss. I, how long has she been doing it, though? I mean, does it take a while, Adrian, for the the system to like? I don't know. I'm just. Well, I wish Karen, you guys. I, you know what I want thyroid day, refresh right? and the nutritional gingers to do is do, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, ask for like Isabella does. You know, have you done it? What are you doing? What were your, you know, or make like a, mm-hmm. a standardized study of everybody doing it twelve. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. see mm-hmm. what what people experience, like Isabella does, with the food and I would love mm-hmm. to see medication it on and fasting like with thyroid patients, yeah. right? Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be cool? As I get more, as I get more of this information um, out, and to really explain the science, I didn't want to just go into my um, my thyroid. I have a, a private thyroid support group on Facebook. But I didn't want to just go in there and say like. You know, hey, I'm doing this, so you should try it. Like, I really wanted to have the science that backed it up and the reason. And also, I wanted to have my own experience under my belt before I could go and say, yes, this is safe um, from my, you know, from a nutritionist experience of this. Well, we'll be, I'll be looking towards uh, thyroid refresh and grass-fed gingers for that, for that to come out and see what, what we all experienced. Wouldn't that be cool? And I was going to tell you, I was going to tell you one thing Jenny did say is that um, she's had to change her medicine, um, her medications three times so far since she started. So it really does. Um, Oh, that's so great. What about her antibodies? Was she by chance measuring her antibodies? Too hard to do with Adrian. Although Adrian, did you know what your antibodies were before May? Were you still up Um, They were at nine, and I haven't, because I moved, um, and so I haven't been back to the doctor since April. So um, in April, they were at nine. And I I would honestly suspect them to be still in remission, just based on the way that I feel. Well, right. For you, it's too hard to tell. I mean, I was thinking maybe if you were at like 200 in May, and then now you're at nine, that would be, that would be Mm -hmm. fair, you know, that'd Mm -hmm. be a fair hypothesis. But I wonder if Ginny's antibodies, where those were. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Fun. We'll ask her. Um, I know she did. She did essentially cut her antibodies in half, and she's her antibodies were pretty low. But um, I don't know if they've changed or not. So we'll ask her and see what she says. That's cool. I'm just saying. I'm I'm waiting for that standardized studies, ladies. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> right. We're right. working on it. <laughs> right. Well, then it's just another reason for. You know, for people to go, this works. I mean, I really, yeah, like I said, I've only done it once. I, I kind of, you know, a little fear factor there, but um, I just think it's really cool. And it's, I can, I can bite into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's just reasonable. Mm-hmm. Reasonable. Yeah. Except for me, because I'm, you know, I'm having to take hydrocortisone right now. So I guess I probably don't fit in that category, huh? 
Well, it well, depends. Does, we don't I, know if you're all I would say, yeah, yeah, like I would that. say you can absolutely give it a go for the 12 and 12 and see how you feel. Right. Again, it's all about listening to your body. And if you feel at, you know, 12, at 10 hours or 11 hours that you can't possibly go any longer, that's your body saying, we can't go any longer. And then you okay. need to break your fast. Okay. Right. Well, because if it nice has the ability, the autophagy, right, our, mm-hmm. our favorite yep. word. If it autophagy ability, is my favorite word. Mm-hmm. You know, After Dana, 12 hours, you're, you're an, getting the benefits. Right. And you're having autoimmune on your adrenal glands right, then you have that potential to possibly reset. Like, I, there's just so much, there's so much that this potentially could do for so many patients. It could help. It could help. And right? cancer. Yes. That's, that's yes. really cool. I'm going to have to, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So excited. This has been the coolest podcast. I love Ever. you, Adrian. Really, so much <laughs> fun and such great information. Truly, truly so happy to have you on the show. And good luck with your grass-fed gingers, which is launching today. She will be on Facebook Live, 1045 mm-hmm. Pacific Time. And mm-hmm. where else can everybody find you? Um, I can, you can find me at thyroidwhisperer.com. You can find me, Thyroid Whisperer, on Facebook. You can join my Facebook um, support group for thyroid patients. Um, it's probably one of the most, I would say, uh, supportive and warm and loving and educational thyroid groups that you could belong to on Facebook. Um, And I just wanted to say, you guys, that I have been a listener since the beginning, and I was a huge fan before I was ever a certified nutritionist, and so this has been the highest honor that I could have. So thank you for having me on the show. Oh, my goodness. How cool is that? Goosebumps. Right. Well, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, we're so we're so glad that um, that you were here with us today. And I'm just all smiles, so I don't really have anything else to right. say except for that. I'm I excited. Think I'm like, yeah, me too. Well, I'm excited about the <laughs> fasting for sure. Okay. Well, good luck to you, and we will see you soon. Oh, and thank you guys. Love you podcast. too. Thank Super you. Exciting. All right. We're, we're I'm going to tune in actually. I need to make yeah. some phone calls. Okay. Off we go. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you. All right. So now, like, a, it's just clearer, the whole yeah. intermittent fasting thing. You know what I'm it saying? Is. Because there was so much, like, you know, Karen lit that fire. And so this mm-hmm. was more like meat and potatoes. I mean, between Ginny and Adrian getting a couple different versions and benefits and, Adrian and, and presenting the research, I don't know. I think I'm I, – I have to do it. I don't have a choice right now, I think honestly. You, well, yeah. I'm right. going to. Yeah. I'm going to do You're it. You're going to. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Maybe that's the reason for this whole thing. You never yeah. know. No. Right? I know, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Wow, it was so interesting. <laughs> I'm so excited, but – I'm still going to try. I'm going to try the 10 and see, I mean, the, the 12 and see how I do. I know I can go I think 10, you so should. The 12. I think so. Because mm-hmm. you have verified adrenal issues, mm-hmm. low cortisol. So for you, it would be interesting to see. Maybe maybe it'll jumpstart them. I'm serious, mm-hmm. honey. It's, no, I know. It's totally worth doing, just like Adrian said. Maybe try the 12 and 12 and, and you know, work up to it. I don't know. Maybe it'll I help with think my it's like sugar. a marathon a little bit. Maybe it'll help with my sugar, too. <gasps> wow, right? I'm excited.
excited. Yes. Okay. So, you know, between you and I, we have some really good things to see where it goes. We do. You see what I'm saying? Uh huh. Definitely. Uh Right. Uh, I do. Um, okay, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. Um, Adrian's been um, a listener since the beginning. How very cool is that? If That's she's still cool. listening or all of you out there, we would love a review on iTunes. Please hop over there and give us your um, thoughts. It will help others find us and get some great information. And while you're there, you can download some other shows. And, of course, you can check us out on Stitcher and Google Play. Absolutely. You going to tell us about thyroid refresh and what's going on? Oh, yeah. Thyroid refresh. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to talk about thrive probiotics. So I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, it's not my turn yet. Okay, so thyroid refresh has launched thyroidrefresh.com. You could think of it as a living, breathing thyroid lifestyle magazine. Um, we worked really hard to put some thoughtful, inspiring supportive information all together in one place to help you feel empowered. And um, the, the content is just first class. And uh, we try to give, we try to feed it to you in bite-sized digestible pieces so that you're not overwhelmed. And there's cooking videos and recipes and all kinds of uh, specialized movement videos for you that aren't too long. And all of that kind of uh, leads us to our upcoming flagship product launch, which will be in September. Thyroid 30, it's a 30-day wellness adventure. You play on teams if you want, and you can earn badges and rewards, and it's really neat. It's gamified and uh, should be a real hit. We're very excited, and that will be launching end of September, so we cannot wait. That is super exciting. Yep. And, yes, Thrive Probiotic, please check them out. Very unique. Also very, very important to the gut, along with intermittent fasting, thriveprobiotic.com. Dana and I most importantly want to always remind you that wellness is a journey and takes continual maintenance and evaluation. This is not a one-in-you're-done disease, so make sure to always listen to your body and be mindful of what it is telling you. Especially if you're doing an intermittent fasting, if you're trying it. It will tell you (laughs) if you're hungry, right? (laughs) This is Dana. And Tiffany. Your Thyroid Nation Thrivers, bringing the collective voice of Thyroid Thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Have a, have a great week.